Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber. And joining me as my co-host is a man who's usually not very territorial because he's just such a nice guy. Say hi, Dwellyn. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and the reason I'm saying that is because today we're actually going to be talking about uh, the old territory system and could it actually come back in a obviously a different form, but with Ring of Honor being the, the fate of Ring of Honor kind of being up in the air right now. We don't know. I mean, maybe there could be a chance for a territory-like system to come back. Yeah. I mean, there there could be. It's kind of, I mean, the pieces are already there, especially with the way the independent scene is blowing up right now. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, I think it would be a good, they could have a place for all these wrestlers who are now all of a sudden out of a job. Yeah. Uh, whether it be because of Ring of Honor or because of budget cuts with the people in Connecticut. And so far, AEW, as far as I know, has only had one person actually leave, and that was, what, last week or week before? Yeah, that was Big Swole, but that was a, uh, that was a mutual thing. She has uh, Crohn's disease, so she's oh, been having, and okay. I mean, it's been amazing that she's had the career that she's had when she's had to deal with Crohn's disease, so um but she um it was her contract was up and they mutually agreed not to uh renew her contract because she just needed some time to kind of get herself together and deal with you know her health issues yeah crohn's disease i mean that's uh, that's not fun Mm -mm. i worked with a guy years ago that had it and he's he said it's the worst thing he had ever dealt with he's like it just disrupts your entire life yeah um and of course a good friend of ours uh, his wife has Crohn's, uh and you know she was in the military and she actually got discharged because of it when she, mm. when she was diagnosed with it and the way they were describing it to me was she was eating like a horse but was not gaining any weight whatsoever mm -hmm. and they're like something is wrong i mean because you know why isn't she I mean, she was losing weight and, right. um, and they finally figured out what it was is because all the nutrients, I mean, her body just was not taking any of them in. It was just, you know, going right through her. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, I've known other people, same, uh, same thing. They had to be discharged from the military. Uh, one of Avery's best friends, you know, my daughter's best friends, uh, he has Crohn's mm. and, and he was diagnosed at a pretty early age, like six or seven years old. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, and it's also what killed um, Heather O'Rourke. Remember from yep. Poltergeist? Yep. So yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's no fun. So hopefully, you know, she's able to get it under control. And you're right, the fact that she's able been able to have the kind of career she has while battling that at the same time is amazing. Yeah. Yes. You know, so but hopefully she lands on her feet. Hopefully, all the other wrestlers from WWE and Ring of Honor, hopefully they land on their feet and. This could be a chance for some of the wrestlers, if if there's any who have a good business sense about uh, the wrestling industry, they could actually start their own company, possibly, somewhere. Speaking of that, there is uh, Jonathan Gresham, who is the reigning uh, Ring of Honor world champion. He, he has started a... Uh, him and Baron Black, I have to look and see uh, where Baron Black is based out of, but they are uh, starting a promotion called Terminus. Uh, they're going on uh, January 16th. They will have the debut show uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. So, yeah, so there, there you go right there. Yeah. So people are... Uh, I think some people might be scared, you know, to kind of start their own promotion because there is so much that goes into it. Yeah. Um, but if anybody's wouldn't make the leap, like, like they are, yeah, you know, I'd say go for it. Um, and as we are recording this, AEW is actually doing a dynamite. Yeah. Winter, winter is coming. Yes. It's a, a special event TV show. Yeah, 
they did it. Uh, they started it last year. It's when Kenny Omega beat John Moxley for the world title. Uh, yes. And uh, the, from what I saw on Twitter, um, they started tonight's show with the world title match. And uh, our good friend Randy just texted me. He said, open match of Dynamite has gone 45 minutes so far. Wow. And I know, I know Brian Danielson went 30, uh, went to a 30 minute uh, draw with Kenny Omega a couple months, you know, about a month ago on Dynamite. So, hmm. Uh, looks like I'll be watching that tomorrow when I'm uh, not working because I'm on vacation right now. There you go. <laughs> and, I'll be watching it while I'm working, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, I wish. Well, I wish I could do that. Uh, well, I guess no. Nah, I don't. I don't have the Universal DVR um, like the cloud. Even though they're talking about uh, getting the cloud DVR, I'm actually supposed to have it. I just haven't tried it out yet. Oh, okay. But. Before we actually start talking about the territories, I want to uh, go ahead and give our, our contact information. If somebody would like to get a hold of us through email, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at Armchair Booking Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Armchair Booking Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Booking Armchair. You can find us on TikTok at Armchair Booking. And you can also find YouTube. Now, like I say, TikTok and YouTube, there's not much there. So well, I'm using that basically to actually keep up with other people, right. you know, so, um, but hopefully we can get something on there. I just can't really figure out what to put on there. Yeah. I haven't yet either. I hadn't figured out what exactly to put on there yet, but yeah. Cause it's hard to record because I, I don't want it to be just one of us on the video. <laughs> yeah. Both of us a little hard since, you know, we're, uh, separated by like 400 miles. So, yeah. Um, but we could always meet at like Lexington or something. I don't know. <laughs> Record a TikTok and all right. Well, see you later. <laughs> see you later, man. See ya. <laughs> and just about any audio platform that uh, ho will host podcasts. If we're not on there, let me know and I will do our, our my best to get us on there. And uh, iHeartRadio, they are getting extremely frustrating because I went through and I started adding, editing some of the shows. Mm -hmm. like the descriptions to see if that's what's causing the hang up and it's still not working. Uh. So, uh, you know, and I've contacted them and they're like, Oh, well, it's not, um, it, it's not meeting its requirement. I'm like, well, no crap. That's why I'm contacting you. You're right. You know, you're supposed to be helpful and well, you let me know that it's not working for you either. Well, that's why I called it called you to help right. me get it working. Uh, but for anybody who uses iHeartRadio, I'm had to switch. You know, if that's what you prefer, and you've had to switch to another platform, my apologies. But the other platforms are probably working better for you anyway. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, in fact, Randy was one of them. He said he actually started using Google Podcast. Mm. You know, so that's another good one. Um, especially if you have an Android phone. If you if you use non Apple stuff, then like Google Google Podcasts is the way to go. Spotify people love Spotify. Yeah. Uh, Amazon Music, because I know that's one you prefer. That's yes. another good one. Um, yeah, because yeah, I listen to mine through my Echo Dot, and I now have a uh, Echo Auto in my car. Okay. So I can listen to it there too. So, oh, because I can download it. I can download the episodes to my phone and then listen to it through the uh, the Echo Auto. I wonder if that's what my wife has in her car because she actually has something and will actually say hey alexa uh play whatever and it actually yeah. comes up little square it's, yeah little it's a square little box with two two little dot dot looking things on the top um i don't think it's it's something similar to what that mm -hmm. says i don't think it's exactly like that that but i'll have to ask her because uh, right now I'm, I'm in our my new office new ish office the office has always been here just a matter of cleaning it up <laughs> uh, so hopefully i won't hear any outside noise here if anyone hears an echo just let me know yeah. and you know and well whenever i get a chance if i can't actually take care of it i'll try to take care <laughs> of it uh, it's just a matter of getting something in here to absorb, absorb the sound yeah um, but um have i forgotten anything actually no i think i think you covered everything and i will also say a welcome to someone who followed the twitter account uh, here recently that's buff bagwell <laughs> I gave Buff him a Daddy. follow. Yep. And 
he gave a follow back. So I'm like, okay, there you and, go. Uh, maybe one day we can get him on the podcast. Cause I think, yeah. well, I think that would be a fun, a fun interview. Yeah, I do too. I, I'm sure he's got some good WCW stories to tell. Oh, I'm pretty sure. And I'm also going to ask him if he's actually related to the guy who we went to high school with, <laughs> you know, because that yeah. guy, actually, well, he actually told me, and this was before um, he hit it big. I mean, I think he may have just gotten into WCW, but he was still going by Marcus Alexander Bagwell. Yeah. And all our friend said was he had a cousin down in Georgia who wrestled mm-hmm. in, and I knew this guy was originally from Georgia. Yeah. He said, yeah, he said, my cousin, Marcus. And that's all he referred to. And same last name. Yeah. I was like, okay. Then it was like not too long after that, I saw him on TV and I was like, huh. Hey, this is like, is that the same guy? guy? Yeah. And I also want to ask him about his perfect stranger days. (laughs) You know, because he was in, was it global? I believe so. Yeah. Or or handsome stranger. I'm sorry. Not perfect stranger. Handsome stranger. You know what? I'm going to go look it up now. (laughs) (laughs) But global... You know, and, and I'm going to try to segue into our actual show topic. The Global Wrestling Federation, that was one of the last, if you want to call it a territory, uh, yeah. even though the, the name was said global, but I believe they were based out of Texas. Yes, they were, because that's where um, uh, Booker T was in global. He was, uh, okay. GI, he was GI bro. I uh, thought that was just a WCW thing. Nope. That, they, <laughs> they took it from they they re you know they brought it back but no in uh in global he was uh gi bro for a while and then him and stevie ray started started tagging and that's how they got on uh wcw's radar um handsome stranger yep handsome stranger um and he was actually brought into business by missy hyatt of all people that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, but yeah, global, you know, that was one of the last, uh, you know, territories to start. Uh, started June of 91, folded in September of 94. Of course, by September of 94, wow, I can't believe it, last, it actually lasted that long. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, September of 94, that was between SummerSlam but before Survivor Series. Yep. And the SummerSlam was um, Brett and Owen. Yes, Brett and Owen in the cage for yes. the title. Yep. Yep. And the Survivor Series is when Brett lost the title to uh, Bob Backlund. Yes. And so Global lasted until then. Yep. So by, by that point, I mean, they were one of the only territories. And I remember seeing them on ESPN. And yeah, I watched some of that when it when it used to air on ESPN. That's how I saw that and uh, AWA. Yeah, when they and especially when they were in the Cow Palace when they performed there, they uh, they showed a, a lot of that was on ESPN. And you know the weird thing about AWA, uh, because you know the American Wrestling Association, so the name itself doesn't really tell where it's from except for America. You know, so yeah. it's like one huge thing just in America. And of course, they were also in Canada. <laughs> you know, go figure. Yeah. Uh, I always figured that like the National or Major League Baseball, the American League and the National League, but they also have teams in Canada. Yeah. You know, so, well, what is it? <laughs> you <Yeah>. know? <laughs> um, but with them, you know, of course, based out of Minneapolis, but they were one of the, the ones who were starting to also try to use, they were a little behind, but but trying to use national television as a way to get their product out there yeah yeah and i don't know if that was good or bad necessarily for them because yeah it was good hey you're getting exposure but the problem was they were getting exposed for like bad production yeah and the problem was by the time they did really ramp up their tv presence a lot of their top names were already gone right you know you know, Hogan was gone and the Road Warriors were gone and, you know, Jesse Ventura, Bobby Heenan, Gene Oakland, all the, you know, there was a mass exodus from AEW to WWE, WWF at the time. There were some wrestlers that went to NWA slash WCW, but uh, 
by the time they got on TV, it's like it was kind of too little too late. Right. And I remember the Road Warriors were on there at the very beginning of it, but they jumped not long yeah. afterwards. Yep. Yeah. You know, so there was a very, very slight overlap. Yeah. But of course they were gone and especially after uh i don't know whose idea it was to have them lose the belts to jimmy garvin and steve regal yeah i don't know i don't know if that was just that may have been the road warriors idea they may have just wanted to drop the title so they could go to the nwa and because i mean pretty much from what i understand the Road Warriors pretty much called their own shots in AEW anyway. I mean, they if I mean, they didn't like... I mean, AWA? Uh, yeah, AWA, sorry. It's hard. And, of course uh, I have it. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And uh, because, like, when they uh, beat the Crusher and Baron for the tag titles, they, they completely changed the finish. Yeah. Because they're like... They, they basically pulled it, no, that's not going to work for us, and we're going to do it this way, and they did it their way and won the tag titles. And then I would just guess they were probably like, well, we're about to, we're about to leave. We're just going to drop them to the next team. We're scheduled to the fight. So. Yeah. And of course, I mean, they did have some interference. Michael Hayes. Yeah. Uh, interfered. And um, when animal picked up Jimmy Garvin and Michael Hayes came off the top rope, bam. Yep. Uh, you know, slammed them and, and done one, two, three. And now the Road Warriors, of course, they were gone not long after that. Yeah. And, but I've, I've always wondered, because you look at all the, the history of all the territories, you know, with the AWA, and it, it was a few years after that where them and Memphis, who by this time, that the Mid-Southern Territory were calling themselves CWA, because mm-hmm. everybody, they started changing their names of their companies because, well, we don't want to look like we're bound to one region. Yeah. And, and I get that. That's why Mid-South had changed to UWF, Universal Wrestling Federation. Yep. You know, and that didn't last. That Honestly, in the big scheme of things, that one actually didn't last that long because they were bought out by Crockett. Yeah. But the AWA, then the CWA, and then World Class, which was out of Dallas, they had all three kind of merged in a way. Yeah, because you had – they um... – it was kind of their way to kind of counteract uh, the rise of the World Wrestling Federation and, you know, the NWA's dominance over mm-hmm. wrestling. And, yeah, they kind of merged. They did a couple of super clashes, but it's like egos got in the way because they, like, each company had their own champion. Nobody wanted their champion to look bad. You know, nobody wanted their champion neither no, neither of the three companies wanted their champion to lose or look bad in losing so they never could get on the same page to make that work i think it could have worked if they could have just put their egos aside and really worked and made this super show but everybody was out for themselves so they were just concerned they weren't concerned about putting out the best product i don't feel like that's just my opinion i feel like it was more of a I'm going to make sure my guys look good, even if it's at the expense of this entire thing we're trying to do. Right. And I'm pretty sure you've actually seen in other, I guess, kind of work situations, um, because I definitely saw it in the military where you have some groups, okay, we're all on the same team. We're all trying to help the big overarching company succeed. However, I want my guy to be the main one. It doesn't matter if your guy is better. I'm going to look after my guy. Yeah, it doesn't matter if your guy. It doesn't matter if your guy is more qualified than mine. I want my guy in this spot because right. I've handpicked him, so to speak. Right, I've handpicked him, and so uh, that'll also mean I have influence there. Yep. And mm-hmm. you know, I saw that with you know company mergers. Yeah. You know, now this was you know, um, uh, of course, when my company was bought out by another company, mm-hmm. and and we did see certain turnovers where all of a sudden we had like new leadership that was from the old company yeah um and they weren't bad net bad per se i mean i'm not saying they were but and i do kind of get sometimes well we don't know how your guy is yeah you know we always see is on paper we know for sure though our guy or girl you know, yeah because i mean it was uh women as well we know how they are yeah you know so 
Um, but now, I mean, and of course, the ironic thing is a lot of that leadership is actually already rotated back out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so that's the wild thing. Um, you know, but when it, with the territories, you know, when I, when I think territories, and of course, Mid-Atlantic, which actually grew and became um, Jim Crockett and then WCW, and they were trying to compete with WWF. So they, they started doing the same thing in a different way than what Vince was doing. Vince was mowing through and he was putting the other companies, the other territories out of business. And he was just handpicking the wrestlers. Yeah. yeah. He cherry picked the, he cherry picked the top stars from all these different territories, knowing that once he took that talent away, they weren't going to be able to survive with what they had left. Right. And they didn't have the money or the resources to obtain another top star because the star drawing the money had just signed with, with the bigger company. So, and, and what's, what's still sad to this day is that is an exact, that's the exact opposite thing that his father wanted done. His right. father, his father went around and told every single promoter that his son would not uh, compete against them. And then Vince did exactly that. Well, he didn't really compete against him. He just bulldozed him. Yeah. And ran everybody else out. Now, I don't feel like Crockett was trying to do that. I think Crockett was just trying to compete with Vince. Yeah. I don't think, but they weren't trying to run everybody else out of wrestling. They were just trying to, you know, they were just trying to have a competition and put on the best product. And honestly, what got, what got WWF to be the main superpower in wrestling was the production value because wrestling wise NWA, you know, mainly Jim Crockett promotions had the better talent roster put on better matches. You know, they just didn't have that production value that Vince had. Right. And one of the things also Crockett was actually buying out the territories and so they were made sure the wrestlers and all the wrestlers yep. would stay there and not only that but they bought all the assets they're like okay i'm going to go down to georgia okay i'm going to buy georgia championship wrestling which means now i'm on the superstation now i have that studio time now we're exactly going to be, yeah out of the omni yeah and now i'm going to go down to florida same thing they're going to be out of the sportatorium down in tampa they're going to be out of miami place and of course dusty Rhodes. i mean that's that's what that was his his place yeah. was florida but he had already come up to Crockett, and so he had the end on actually buying the Florida territory from. I'm pretty sure by this point, um, Eddie Graham, I believe, had already uh, unfortunately uh, took his own life. Yeah, and, sadly, yeah. You know, so that may have been, you know, maybe Mike Graham and the rest of the family said, you know, Eddie. I mean, he was the way I was at Dusty said he earned a PhD, or somebody said they earned a PhD in wrestling mm -hmm. you know, through Eddie Graham. Yeah. And so they ended up buying Florida. Same thing, though. I mean, they didn't fire anybody. They didn't just handpick. Now, UWF, they they did that one a little dirtier because they merged with them. And then they had all the, the Crockett wrestlers beat the UWF yeah. wrestlers. Yeah. Especially, and they, they unified all the championships. Right. Yeah. And, was, and but but they unified them with the WCW right wrestler actually yeah. winning. Yeah, um, it's it's like with Vince and Jim Crockett. Jim Crockett, yeah, yes, he did buy some of these territories, but he still made sure that everybody was taken care of. Everybody yeah. everybody ate when you dealt with Jim Crockett. With Vince, Vince ate alone. He didn't even pass mm -hmm. the salt. Yeah, he just ate. He just ate by <laughs> he ate by himself. Wow. And I love Crockett, that analogy. I'm seriously <laughs> and Jim Crockett wanted to make sure that everybody ate. So he took care of everybody and Vince just took care of Vince. And part of me says, okay, I get why Vince did it. Yes, it was kind of gritty on his part. Yes, he's trying to stick it to his dad to say, you know, you don't want me to abide by, or you want me to abide by these handshake agreements. There is nothing on paper that says I can't, yeah, you know, start booking outside of the Northeast. 
And, you know, so he started doing it. And Peter's like, what are you doing? But he's like, there's no law that says I can't do this. Right. And, but, but by him going in, like we're saying, we're cherry picking. Yes. He was building his company. Um, and, and he was doing it at the expense of other people. Yeah. And he did try to talk with Vern. Vern tried to play hardball with him. Yeah. And that's when Vince left him at, uh, I read it in the book. I think you read the same book. It was like the rise and fall of WCW or something. Uh-huh. Um, to that effect where, where they were also, of course, talking about the AWA and he tried to look at Vern in the airport, the, the tunnel, right before you go to play. And he said, Vern, I don't negotiate. And right. Left. And, but he built, he built the company. He built it at the expense of the other ones, but in, in turn, it also built the business to be as big as what it has gotten. True. But I still think he should have left the territories intact, bought them all out and said, okay, Portland wrestling, Don Owens, you now are owned by the WWF. However, we're going to keep you here. We're going to keep your TV deals and everything. It's just, we are going to be helping finance you, but you're also going to be reporting to us. We can use you as a, a farm system in a way, a training ground. Yeah. Cause that's what he did with ECW. Like in the yeah. mid nineties, he was, he was bankrolling ECW to keep them in business because they were a feeder system. I mean, he mm-hmm. would have, he could send guys, he could send unseasoned guys to ECW have him work with some, have that guy work with some bigger names there get better and then come back and make money off that guy he he could also he also cherry picked from ECW not as not to the extent that Eric Bischoff did cuz Eric Bischoff just yeah he took whatever was left from ECW and yeah. and just and he signed he signed everybody from ECW just to keep Paul Heyman from having them right you know, just, just to put Paul Heyman out of business, he signed everybody. And I feel at that time, Vince was trying to help ECW because it, in the end, it was going to help him, but he could have done that because the world's a huge place. There's enough mm-hmm. wrestling for everybody. There's enough wrestling for, for uh, there's enough wrestling and enough area for every promoter to have a piece of the pie, but instead Vince wanted to be the only one. And, and that's where you go, okay, Vince on one hand, you say, man, he's a heck of a businessman to take this company. And if you read about his past, even before he got into WWF, yeah. Yeah. you know, some of the things he did, Vince, that is actually when he's not being petty, Yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> Vince is a good businessman, but you know, and because he actually brought some other organizations that um, his dad had left for dead, and he said, "Okay, if you can, you know, this arena in somewhere in Maine," he said, "If you can, yeah, bring this, yeah, it was the middle of nowhere, and yeah, you know." And next thing you know, Vince and Linda, Linda was right there with him. Yeah, and you know, he took his business degree from East Carolina. He's a pirate, mm-hmm. and he turned that thing around. And so his dad said. Oh, okay. And then he started marrying So Vince, yes, on one hand, he is a good businessman. However, his pettiness, you know, and his, mm. uh, and because he's all, almost become kind of like Napoleon. If you look at the, the history of Napoleon, mm-hmm. Napoleon started out great. Everybody yeah. loved him. Then the power went to his head. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, of course, before he died, he was on the island of, of St. Helena mm. with a, constant um stream of battleships that were always patrolling outside of this island in the middle of the atlantic ocean to make sure he didn't escape again yep you know so how do you go from oh man the whole entire country loves you and to dude (laughs) you know you and i think yeah and i i feel like you know vince has always had an ego you you can't really oh, yeah. be you can't be in business, especially the pro wrestling big business, if you don't have an ego. 
But I feel like once he bought WCW, especially what he was able to buy that company for. Yeah. I mean, we, could, lit- we, we almost could have bought that. Yeah. It was literally pennies on the dollar what he bought it for. I think that's when he's like, to steal a line from Bray Wyatt, I've got the whole world in my hands. That's mm-hmm. what that's what I think Vince felt like is that I now control wrestling. So that's when it really got to the point where it was like nobody we're in this big bubble and nothing exists but us. And for a while it didn't. Yeah. After WCW closed, I mean, because TNA started and Ring of Honor started, but of course, you know, they were just starting out and they were small and there was no you know new japan pro wrestling is its own entity so they never worry about competing with vince mcmahon because they don't have to right i mean (laughs) that's why anytime we talk about the territories i never actually include uh besides uh canada uh, a little bit there but i never really include anything outside the united states right because you know WWE is not going to compete with AAA down right. in Mexico. They're right. not going to compete nope. with New Japan or All Japan, any of the Japanese companies in Japan. They, they're not going to compete. They're yeah. not going to compete with British wrestling. But exactly. you see, they tried it with U- with NXT UK, and that's kind of gone off the rails. Mm-hmm. So I think they they thought that they can control the British market because they saw that boom with British wrestling, but. British wrestling is still thriving, but NXT UK is not thriving that much. Right. I mean, it's still going, but it's it's barely going. And they have wrestling in all these other countries. I mean, Germany, they have their own mm-hmm. you know, folks. Yep. Um, we know just from watching you know, some of the Crown Jewel events or some, you know, any events in Saudi Arabia, yes, there is wrestling going on in the Middle East. It may not be yep. huge but yet. I, it has yeah. the potential to grow. Mm-hmm. It really does. And, you know, of course, we know there's wrestling down. Australia used to actually have a pretty thriving business. Yeah, they really did. I'm not sure what happened, you know, through the years. But, yeah, the, once upon a time, they were – it was pretty strong. Yeah, because Jim Barnett, he was the one who really had that going. So he was helping run WCW, and he was yep. helping out all the dudes out of Australia. Yeah. That's such an odd combination. Um, but that's when I think a lot of people forget – Yes, we have like the fake Russians, you know, the Koloffs, neither one of them were from Russia. Right, right. You know, Nikita was from Minnesota. Ivan's Canadian. Um, Abdullah the Butcher is not from Sudan. He's also Canadian. Yeah. Um, Rocky Johnson's also Canadian too. But I think a lot of people forget that. <laughs> um, but there are wrestlers who come from the other countries. Puerto Rico has got a huge yeah. wrestling market. But I also, same thing, I don't consider them you know, to be competition with Vince McMahon. They are their mm-hmm. own yeah. thing, you yep. know, so um, so they don't, I mean, they may even have a, like some kind of partnership at some point, but Vince McMahon's not going to go to Puerto Rico and compete. Well, uh, there, there was always rumors that Vince tried to uh, buy Carlos Colon's uh, company and Carlos just refused. He's like, I don't, I, I don't need to sell it. The kind of product that Vince McMahon and the WWE put out is um, would not work down in Puerto Rico. No, you know um, that it's very it's very I guess I want to say self contained and the action's a lot different. Yeah, um, the action does get a little more brutal. Yeah, um, you know, in the wrestling, I mean, they've had some absolutely fantastic wrestlers come through there. Yeah, you know, including Carlos Colon. You know, he's one of the main ones yeah um but of course unfortunately what happened in 1988 with bruiser brody yeah you know, that's that, kind of it hurt them a lot yeah it left a permanent stain on their reputation right you know but i would still consider them a territory but they're kind of on their own yeah and because the nwa which does still exist but the nwa it's now it is like a standalone company it's yeah. not yeah, you're not the yeah, umbrella for all these other companies that roll into right. it. Right. Yep. But they are speaking of, of territories, um, I consider the NWA a territory now because it is so self-contained now. And like you said, not the huge umbrella that all these other smaller companies were under. But 
the NWA is putting out some fantastic product. I've seen, I've watched some stuff on YouTube. Um, we've interviewed Mims on the mm-hmm. show. He's, uh, he's on there. Um, trying to think. Um, Trevor Murdoch is the world champion. Uh, Mickey James is heavily involved in the women's division there. Uh, as far as behind the scenes, nurturing the, the women's division, um, they have um, women's tag team champions. And the thing I like about n- not just the NWA, but just because I'm talking about the, them right now, their women's division is held to the, the same standards as their men. They are shown the same respect, even their championships. It's not the NWA Women's Championship. It's the NWA Women's World Championship. Boom. It's the NWA Women's World Tag Team Championship. It's it's things like that. T, um, not TNA. Impact Wrestling has followed suit with that because it was the Knockouts Champion and the Knockouts Tag Team Champions. But now they're being referred to as the knockouts world champion and the knockouts world tag team champion. So the women are getting in these other companies, the women are women are getting just as much respect for what they do as the men are. And I just, I wish WWE would follow suit instead of worrying so much about the brand and show colors. Mm -hmm. You know, there should be a world heavyweight champion, a women's world heavyweight champion, or you know, women should be a world champion, a women's world champion, world tag team champion. Yes. And one of the things with Impact, though, um, I wish they would actually refer to them as the women instead of the knockouts. The knockouts, yeah. I yeah, think I, they started the knockouts to kind of counteract the divas. The divas. And I, it just the name just stuck, I guess. And they just, I think it kind of they look at it, it kind of sets them apart from other companies and in a way it does, but I agree at this point, they should just change it to impact women's world champion impact women's world tag team champion. Yeah. But that, that is also one of the issues I'll say, well, I'm not a woman if they're okay with it. Yeah. Yeah. If they're okay. Yeah. We, as men, we definitely cannot speak for the women. If they're okay with it, then by all means, you know, yep. But when they changed it from divas back to women, yeah, the women were very happy about that. Yes, they because, were. Because, <laughs> you could tell. Yeah, nobody was a fan. I can't, I can't think of any legitimate female wrestler that was a fan of, one, having to carry that belt everywhere, and two, being called a diva. Right. Because a diva is, I can't not think of any positive connotation that comes no. out of being called a diva. no. There's not any. <laughs> oh, uh, because even in entertainment, when, if somebody's called a diva. Yeah, it's it, always a bad connotation to it. So yeah. it's like, why would you want your your women's division to be called the divas division? Yep. You know, but. So they're they're making progress there, and I would like to see the NWA grow and. I don't, I don't know if they could ever go back to where they were the umbrella organization, uh, because if something like that were start happening, I think then WWE would, they would yeah. counter it by doing the, the same thing. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that they could definitely with ring of honor going on hiatus and, you know, like you said, their future is very much up in the air. Nobody knows they're, they're talking about coming back in April, but nobody really knows. And the NWA could definitely fill that void. Mm-hmm. And what I would, yeah, I, I, I think they could start up like their feeder systems and all the, you go to every big city, you're going to have wrestling. Yeah. You know, you can judge it just based on, okay, where do they hold the pay-per-views and how do those particular pay-per-views do? We know Los Angeles, they always have pretty decent crowds. Dallas, uh, they're going to Texas State. Okay, it's not te- Texas Stadium anymore. It's the AT&T Stadium that replaced. It's, it's but either Texas way, Stadium. yeah, I mean. It's, I, I hate I hate company-branded stadiums. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And they could go there. I mean, they're going there again for WrestleMania, and you know it's going to be packed. So we know wrestling is huge still in Dallas. It's huge in Houston. 
San Antonio. Uh, yeah. The the Alamo Dome is that still the big go to? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Um, part of the reason I'm asking that is because I I was actually in basic training when the Alamo Dome opened. Oh. Okay. And, yeah. So um, a lot of the locals there like the ti's you know the train instructors we yeah we had they were all stoked about it and then you know because alabama was just opened up um well maybe that season for basketball then we were there during the playoffs and yeah the, the spurs got knocked out yeah and, and so they were in a really bad mood <laughs> but, <laughs> and that wasn't fun for us but anyway um but that's another you know san antonio used to be a huge wrestling market too yeah and, and yeah. so they could rebuild that they could of course down in florida man you have orlando is already basically they did just need to move the wwe headquarters from connecticut down to florida down to yeah. orlando yeah i can list a whole lot of reasons why and you know and somebody will go hmm, you're right well for one their training grounds is already there yeah their whole facility is down there yeah um during the the lockdown they were doing it in their shows in florida they're in yep. orlando and then they had to move to tampa and then everything opened back up again yeah you know um which well to see if that actually stays um but that's a that's another story but georgia of course has atlanta atlanta is always going to be a huge wrestling north carolina is always going to be huge so they could they could still have these areas and when the wwe um they've done this in the past as they travel through these towns like for raw or for smackdown or even a house show hey let some of the local ones there have a tryout match with yep the w right there and AEW's doing it yeah because yeah. you know i have some guys who who i follow on twitter and at least one of them follows me back you know or follows the the podcast and actually we're friends on facebook yeah they were on AEW after dark. So they were getting these tryout matches. Yeah. So they get it. And every once in a great while, it's been a little bit now, you know, it's been a hot minute since we've seen them bring in enhancement talent that's local, but all they're there is just for a squash. Yeah. Yeah. The only one that I can even remember becoming more than just that was um I, I keep forgetting his name james ellsworth yes yeah yeah the no chin music yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah him but i mean he was like a underdog that everybody loved and then they started involving him too much and i was like yeah he's gotta go yeah you yeah. know he just interfered with the the you're not you're still not taking the women's wrestler seriously because you just had a man go up and drop the briefcase down yeah and uh, no get him out of there and of course, it was funny when uh, Dean Ambrose, you know, the name at the time, walked in and because uh, Ellsworth cost him the match. Yeah. And he walked in, did his DDT to him, boom, and walked right back out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but that was a case where, hey, this enhancement guy, this guy, local guy, yeah. turned it into something bigger. Yep. Well, you look at the Northern Wrestling Federation. They're, you know, they're going, you know, they're the men and women that wrestle there are going to you know they're going all over the country yeah. wrestling yes. different places and it's like that's how that's how wrestling should be it shouldn't mm -hmm. be even if even if you're contracted with a company like look at AEW they have you know they have wrestlers under contract but they're allowed to wrestle at other places mm -hmm. you know they're allowed to compete at independent shows like you know before John Moxley took time off but he is John Moxley is still the uh, GCW world champion. He, you know, and he's, you know, a, you know, a main event guy in AEW. He's going to this, you know, to this smaller independent promotion, you know, helping, you know, bring them up because if you've got a name like John Moxley wanting to work with guys there, that's just giving you more exposure. Now you've got the Briscoes, who are the GCW Tag Team Champions, also the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. Mm -hmm. They're they have several dates lined up with title defenses in uh, GCW. Uh, the Briscoes were also on Twitter yesterday because I follow Jay Briscoe on Twitter. 
and uh, they said that they uh, they said you never know you may see us in some of these smaller promotions uh, you may you know you never know where we're going to pop up and then uh, it was funny they were like just remember we don't work by the hour so if you plan on eating a bucket of popcorn watching us you better hurry up and eat it because we don't pl- we don't plan to sit- <laughs> we don't plan to be in the ring that long we're going to come in and do our thing and we're out but they're they're talking about showing up in different you know different independent companies um john moxley is still scheduled to uh show up in uh, defy wrestling um which has put out a, a pretty good product over the years so it's like the the modern territory system is in place it's you know on everybody's part except world wrestling entertainment you know they're still like we're over here and this in their mind this is the only way to do wrestling but the rest of the country is like no this is actually the way to properly do pro wrestling yeah and wrestling just like every other business out there it evolves yeah it because we we've even said we look at the wrestling how it was when we first started watching you know i was mm-hmm. 10 and you said you know you were five mm-hmm. um and even the holds are different the people yeah. you know the people look different yeah you know uh some of them are a lot more muscular some are a lot fatter you know but i mean they are a lot bigger and some are actually even a little bit smaller yeah but the product is faster but you can still have those matches where somebody may may hold a headlock for 30 minutes and you still would watch it going as he you know it's just that you have all the drama built around that yeah but they learned that from the territories exactly they learned it from the territories they learned it from the people that paved the way for what's happening now you know the the true not to say that the, the men and women in wwe aren't true pro wrestlers they are but the company mentality is there's a cookie cutter way to produce wrestling and there's a bright and vibrant way to produce wrestling. I mean, just look at what they've done with NXT and mm-hmm. in the, I say this with, you know, all the love I have for pro wrestling and the, I mean this in the most positive way, wrestling is better when it is down and dirty, when it is a, you know, when it's grimy and looks like a fight yes is when wrestling yes. for me and whether that's a knockdown drag out fight a technical masterpiece just let these men and women go out and do what they're capable of doing it everything does not have to be so overproduced right and i know that was actually something that was back there yes i mean and i agree at wwf they did have better production mm-hmm the one thing, well, I like their video production. I like how um, they get, did have somewhat better camera angles at times. Mm-hmm. Um, nowadays, I wish they'd stop with the camera shaking. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that whole. Remember the movie Taken, where they did a did the shaky cam. Little, whenever, I mean, I, whenever Liam Neeson was jumping over anything or running or pretty much if he moved, they were doing a shaky cam. It seems like somebody in the WWE production truck watched that movie recently and they're like "Ooh, let's use that every single time every single match yeah and i don't need them to shake the camera or jump the camera jump every time they body slam somebody i know that it's going to cause just stop it yeah and i mean i don't even have epilepsy and it's still making me have a seizure yeah i, I mean it and i can't imagine somebody with epilepsy trying to watch that yeah it's another one of those things where it's like we're just going to insult your intelligence and we ha- we're going to dumb everything down because we don't trust you to understand that the ring's going to shake when somebody gets body slammed. So we're going to shake the camera to give you the effect. Right. And, you know, so their production can be better and it's a lot brighter. However, I still prefer when the lights are turned off on the audience. Yes. And the yeah. lights are focused on the ring because that's yeah. what I'm there to see. I'm not yeah. there to see the other audience members. Uh, I'm there to see the wrestling. And that's what I loved about the original NXT 
especially during yes. its, you know during its heyday. You know, the lights were on in the arena when everybody made their entrances and all that. As soon as right. the bell rang, the lights went down except over the ring. Right. That's how that's that's how it should be. Accentuate what's in the ring because that's that's the story. That's the you know, that's what people are paying to see. That's what people are sitting at home watching on television. It's what people pay their cable bill or internet bill to watch. They're not doing it to watch the crowd. Right. And I'm not saying the crowd can't still get into it because you watch some of the older uh, the older stuff from like Mid-Atlantic. When the Rock and Roll Express would come out. Oh, all yeah. You, all yeah. you heard was shrieks. I mean, you couldn't even see the audience, but uh-huh. I mean, you could hear them. Yep. And you look at the first probably three or four Starcades where it was the, the lights were just on the ring. Yeah. And the crowd was still extremely loud. Yeah. And, you know, then maybe they could go back to that. Maybe. And I, and I think that's one of the things also with, I know some of the, the indie federations now, some of them do have local TV contracts. Mm-hmm. Um, OVW does with actually some of the, uh, at least one of the Louisville stations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure which one you would know the state. I, I, somebody said like 12, but I don't know. Cause I'm also thinking there's a 12 out of Cincinnati or Dayton. Uh, I'm not sure. It's been so long since I've lived in Louisville. I, I barely remember the channels now, but, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure one of those local stations has a deal with OVW. Uh, the Northern Wrestling Federation does not have an agreement with any of the local TV stations here. Although one of the stations, it may be Channel 9, don't quote me on that, they actually did a piece one time where they actually went into Bone Crushers and they were, um, they featured them saying, hey, if you want to be a wrestler, come down to Bone Crushers. Really? Yeah. That's cool. You know, and they interviewed Roger. I mean, it was like a maybe a five-minute piece, but it, the fact they still had it on there. Yeah. And I'm thinking that could probably help them tremendously uh because it would get the product out to more people besides just the casual fan because i'm you know anytime we they talk about any of the events coming coming up just in fact like right now uh this saturday down in hits down in covington they're having uh their next card what is the winter spectacular is that the name of it i i pretty bad i've actually shared it but i cannot remember the actual <laughs> uh, it's just because i just know i'm going so right um but let me go look at that one and because um, I know you also uh, shared it as well. But the fight before Christmas. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's yep. it. And there's going to be some great matches down there. And, and I think a casual fan would probably enjoy it. If a casual fan would have gone to the show that the last one they had in, in Ludlow. Oh my God. I mean, they would have walked out of there. In fact, I knew I do know there were some casual fans there because uh, some of the uh, there were some guys there sitting right by me who I found out had gone to high school with Andrew Reed. Oh, okay. Because so they were there, you know, to watch him, and so they were um, more or less casual fans, if I had to guess. But I mean, they were getting into it, and they were actually remarking like, "Man, this is you know great." I was like, "Yeah." So I mean, I mean, every match was good. So if you have the quality product, uh even you know, well, from an independent show. And and obviously some of the ones in an indie show, uh, it doesn't matter where it's at. Some of them, I mean, they are just learning. Right. And, you know, so you can't expect a five-star match, you know, with every match. I mean, you're going to have mistakes. I mean, it happens. Uh, but there was, there was not a lot of mistakes that day, and it made people enjoy it. And if they, they could get a local TV contract, and in fact, that's one of the things I would recommend for like probably any any company wherever you're at get on tv or get get some kind of recurring video product um even if you don't get on like a local tv station get it on youtube yeah yep you know get yourself out there there's so many there's so many ways to reach there's so many more ways to reach wrestling fans now than there ever was before um that you know take advantage of those because i know speaking for me personally i'm always looking for new wrestling to watch you know Mm -hmm. i don't i've never been a 
company guy. I all I yes, I do like some of the WWE product. I do like the AWA product. I also watch Impact. Uh, I watch New Japan, uh, both there in Japan, and they're also they have a uh, sort of like they've expanded into the United States. So they have the uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong in mm-hmm. California. They're doing that. So I, I keep up with that. Um, I was a diehard Ring of Honor fan. Um, I've been watching GCW. It's just, you know, if it's wrestling and it's good and the effort is there, I'm going to gravitate toward it. So get like Steve said, get yourself out there especially utilize YouTube. That's what a lot of these companies are doing. Even AEW, that's where dark and elevation is every Mm -hmm. week. It's on YouTube. You're reaching millions of people much more than you would, much more than they were able to back in the day. Right. And I do appreciate how the NWF, they have their uh, bust and loose show every Sunday. Yep. And there you, you will get, at least highlights of the um well if they had a an event uh the previous saturday of course they always do mm-hmm. busting loose they always release at eight o'clock uh sunday nights and if they had an event on the saturday right before that you'll see the highlights from it in fact if they had an event at bone crushers they've also been doing a lot of events at bone crushers which uh, i even told them i have yet to watch anything at bone crushers mm-hmm. uh, it, that was just a little harder for me to get to um just for you know, logistical reason, you know, right, so, you know right. it's, um, you know, and not someplace I want to take my son. Yeah. You yeah. know, at, I don't want to be leaving there at 10 o'clock on, like on a Friday night, Yeah, you know, coming out of, you know, like downtown Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, but it's not that I wouldn't go there though. I mean, right. I'd love to see an event there. I mean, cause that's where they train. So that's where they're definitely going to be going to be more comfortable, um, mm-hmm. putting on yep. an event. Yep. You know, it's just like, I mean, if you are playing baseball and you practice on your home field, of course, then a team comes and plays you. Yes. You're going to be more comfortable on your home field. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, the one thing, I mean, if I had to recommend to them, I'd say if they could get a TV presence, but they would also have to spend money for that. And they're not a huge company. Uh, So they do make a lot of money. Yeah. They make a lot of money off their live appearances and, they make, uh, at least the wrestlers themselves, I know they make money off their merch. The, the NWF itself makes money off of merch because they sell a lot of T-shirts. Um, Excuse and, me. And they are sponsored at some of their events by Wings and Rings. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, they have other ways of making money. Getting on TV, they you really have to look at the return on investment. So I, I get maybe, yeah. you yeah. know, paying for that spot you'd say, okay, is it bringing people to watch us? Yeah. Um, well, right now I'd say is it bringing more people? Because I mean, I want to say, I mean, every, uh, there's been a very few shows that I've went to with an NWF where the places weren't packed. So, I mean, they have a very loyal following. Mm-hmm. Um, if they were to grow, to go beyond like the Ludlow Theater, which is, I mean, that's a, it's a very intimate setting. Yeah. Just because I mean, you're so you, you've seen like some of the pictures. I mean, you're yeah. right, you were right there. I mean, there is no bad seat there. Yeah. Um, and like Hits and Covington, you know, it's a baseball complex. Um, but if they were to get to where they could get at least in small arenas, you know, or smaller places, uh, getting into high school gyms, I've found it just from talking to people, that's not as easy as what uh, it sounds. Really. Yeah, because a lot because you have to go through the athletic directors for whatever uh, school you're at, and some of the athletic directors, they don't like the damage it could potentially cause to the gym floor. True, you know. So of course, some some schools are fine with it because they get a, a cut of the money, but yeah, but Mount Orb doesn't have to do any, that anyway because they actually have the sports complex. Right. You know. So, unfortunately, uh, better cooler heads prevailed there because they're somebody there said they didn't want wrestling anymore then somebody else had a talk with them and said look you're getting a lot of money you know every time they come here you may want yeah. to rethink that decision you know so what else are you doing on saturday nights right do you want to <laughs> do you want an empty facility or do you want a packed facility yeah i mean and they you have wanna... 
Yeah, they have a few hundred people go there every time. Yeah, it's like, do you <laughs> want to make money or not? I mean, it's... yeah. And I'm pretty sure, like down in Clarksville with Mims, you know, with Tri yeah. Trooper Wrestling, which well, yeah. I guess technically they are part of the NWA. So, um, so I guess they, the NWA does have kind of a couple of feeder, mm-hmm. you know, or umbrella, yeah. but it's not like it was before. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Mims, I mean, they, they will wrestle wherever. Yeah. And they haven't hit the arenas again yet. I have a feeling they will because they're already back in like the, the studios. Yeah. And one of the things also with them, I just not thought about this. They are doing a lot of stuff out of Atlanta. Uh, well, actually, right now, I know they're doing tapings. Yeah. Because Mims yeah. has been posting about it. Yep. So they're doing stuff out of Atlanta. Of course, Atlanta is home to TBS and TNT. Mm-hmm. And they have the, the, the contract with AEW. Yep. Right down the road. Well, down the road ish out of Jacksonville. But they could actually cultivate that kind of relationship and maybe start getting, you know, some, some of the NWA where they could actually have another agreement to where they could say, look, Vince is still the biggest game in town, but they're deflating. Yeah. And, you know, I, if the biggest games in, in, game in town falls, I wouldn't want to see the entire industry fall. And I, I don't think it will, but they have to be ready to step I think in. It, right. I think at one time, I think like after, after Vince bought WCW, I think if something had happened and WWE had folded, I think that would have been a huge blow. I think they would have drug pro wrestling down with them because yeah. there was nobody to fill that spot or to even fill a part of that spot. But now all of these companies have so much momentum and some of them have so much history behind them now that I think wrestling would be okay if it'll never happen. But if WWE was to close their doors, I think pro wrestling would still be fine. I think in a few yeah. ways, I think pro wrestling would be better. Yeah, because it, it almost seems like, okay, we're lopping off uh, the dead parts yeah. in order to help the rest of the tree grow. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but I would like to see, well, not necessarily the WWE, fine. they need to change because apparently this, this past Monday, while we were recording, they were in Minnesota, I think, like at St. Paul. Yes. And I guess their crowd was not what it was expected to be. You know, as no. far as numbers. Uh, yeah, there was a lot of black tarps covering seats in the crowd. Right. And that says, hmm. Um, yeah. So, and, and you know, when we were recording, I even totally forgot Raw was even on. I always forget it's on until like, Tuesday and then I'll go on YouTube and check out the clips. Um, it's been years since I've sat down and watched a full episode of Raw. It's just not interesting to watch. I watch AEW every week because it's it's consistently a good show. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, some weeks are a better show than others, but it's never a bad show. Right. And you're always going to get some quality matches on an AEW show. And it's generally different matches that you get on AEW. WWE, you get the same matches rehashed over and over again. And over again. And, and uh, yeah, and I, I think bringing back the territories, it'll also give people a chance to move from one to the other to learn something yep. new mm-hmm. so they can get out of this. Uh, you know, right now they're they're in a, a cycle that yeah. they, they don't know how to get out of. Yeah, and it's like, you know, if the territory, you know, if the territories were to come back, you get you get fresh matches all the time. Like you used to have, you know, when we were growing up, you got a fresh you got fresh matches every week when you watch Mid South or you watch Jim Crockett promotions, things like that, mm-hmm. because they didn't overexpose their wrestlers. They allowed their wrestlers to move around and like you said, and learn and get better at their craft, not just where you're here and okay, Randy Orton, you're going to wrestle AJ Styles every night on the house show circuit. And then 
every Monday night on Raw for the next two months. Right. Uh, oh, but oh well. Uh, so, yeah, we've actually been able to talk about this for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, and I, I think that we could, if we could actually add more and more to this, but I think for now we've actually said quite a bit. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I say look for a continuation on this at some point in the future. Especially and, once we figure out where Ring of Honor is going to kind of fit into things. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also, one of the things I want to kind of give a shout out, and I'll actually tag these guys um, as well, uh, the Slop Drop podcast, they actually just shared, and I know you saw it because I think you believe you shared it as well. Mm-hmm. They, somebody who was there and I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but I'm pretty sure it'll be good because slop drop. I mean, they always, you know, pretty good, do a pretty decent show. Someone who was there to see Hannibal blood hunter, him like trying to legitimately kill a referee. Yeah. I saw the, uh, I've seen several clips of that from different angles and it's like, yeah, he cannot say that he was, He's trying to say he was in character and stuff like that. No, you legitimately went into your business for yourself and was hitting that referee with a spike as mm-hmm. hard as you could. Yep. So I would recommend go listen to that show. And I would also always recommend people listen to our show uh, because I think we have a pretty good product. And also, I forgot to mention, I don't know how I forgot to mention this because we were literally talking about, about it right before we started recording. We do have a merch shop. Uh, it's on T Public. Yep. You, you should be able to do a search for armchair booking and find it. But I will also include a link in the show description and just go to that. Uh, right now, we have a couple different designs of shirts. They kind of look the same. One has a, a black box around the, the logo. The other one, the logo is transparent. So you can put it on any color shirt without the, uh, the black box. But it also has coffee mugs. It has like masks that you can wear. Uh, if you know because of COVID reasons, um, it has uh, phone cases, it has laptop cases, it has notebooks, it has pillowcases, <laughs> and it's just an am- amazing place where you can actually get your armchair booking merch. And we are coming up with new logos as well yep. uh, for the merch site, and we're trying to expand that. So uh, just in time for Christmas, and I believe right now everything is thirty percent off still. You know, so uh, yeah, go get a shirt. Yeah, and ho- absolutely. And, and hoodies. They have hoodies. So yeah. I know some people love hoodies. Oh yeah, my wife's one of those. She loves hoodies. Yeah. Her, her, and my oldest daughter Savannah, they both love hoodies. Yep. And so, uh, but yeah, go go order a merch and listen to our show and tell your friends about us. Go to go to Apple Podcasts. Give us a five star rating. Give us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Absolutely. But until we should be recording next Monday, so uh, I can't see anything that'll stop us. Um, we don't know what we're going to talk about yet because, hey, you know, it, it, it's better for us not to plan. Yeah, we just, <laughs> we just let we just let wrestling dictate because yep. there's always there's always something that comes up that we can discuss. So right, and that's not to say we actually don't have ideas. We have ideas. It's just we have to kind of. Um, rank them in priority order yeah you know and that kind of dictates what we're going to talk about because we've actually been wanting to talk about the territories for a little while now it's just we had current events or interviews which would supersede that so yep this gave us a chance to finally talk about it so and we're happy uh but until monday my friend i'll definitely be talking to you and god bless god bless man